Holy Father in heaven, once again we are here to fellowship with you and we thank you for the privilege you've granted to us. Communion with you will give us strength and bless us. So we pray, Lord, as we fellowship with you, that you would bless every one of us, first of all, granting us the gift of your Holy Spirit without him. We cannot abide in you and you in us. So abide in us and dwell in us through your spirit, dear Lord. As we go through life's journey, we realize our need for you, our weakness. We see our defects in character. And I pray, Lord, that as we continue fellowshipping, that you would help us, every one of us, taking away the rough edges of our character, smoothening us and getting us prepared for your coming. May this devotion be a means by which we all shall get more prepared for your coming. I pray, Lord, that you would grant to me the gift of your spirit and put your words in my mouth, that I will speak as the oracles of the Lord and be a blessing to all your children who are listening. Do this and take the glory. In Jesus' name I've prayed. Amen. Conflict and Courage, July 16 Asha trusted God And Asha cried unto the Lord his God, and said, Lord, it is nothing with thee to help, whether with many or with them that have no power. Help us, O Lord our God, for we rest on thee, and in thy name we go against this multitude. O Lord, thou art our God, let not man prevail against thee. Second Chronicles chapter 14 verse 11 The faith of Asha was put to severe test when Zerah the Ethiopian with an host of a thousand thousand and three hundred chariots invaded his kingdom. In this crisis, Asha did not put his trust in the fenced cities in Judah that he had built with walls and towers, gates and bars, nor in the mighty men of valor in his carefully trained army. The king's trust was in Jehovah of hosts. Setting his forces in battle array, he sought the help of God. The opposing armies now stood face to face. It was a time of test and trial to those who served the Lord. Had every sin been confessed? Had the men of Judah full confidence in God's power to deliver? Such thoughts as these were in the minds of the leaders. From every human viewpoint, the vast host from Egypt would sweep everything before it. But in time of peace, Asha had not been giving himself to amusement and pleasure. He had been preparing for any emergency. He had an army trained for conflict. He had endeavored to lead his people to make their peace with God. And now, although his forces were fewer in number than the enemy, his faith in the one whom he had made his trust did not weaken. Having sought the Lord in the days of prosperity, the king could now rely upon him in the day of adversity. 
his petitions showed that he was not a stranger to God's wonderful power. The prayer of Asha is one that every Christian believer may fittingly offer. In life's conflict, we must meet evil agencies that have arrayed themselves against the right. Our hope is not in man, but in the living God. With full assurance of faith, we may expect that he will unite his omnipotence with the efforts of human instrumentalities for the glory of his name. Clad with the armor of his righteousness, we may gain the victory over every foe. Amen. The title of our devotion today is Asha Trusted God and it is a very interesting one that will, by the grace of God, help us and give us grace and strength and power to work and walk in the way of the Lord. As we are introduced into the life of Asha, another king in Judah, we are going to learn the lesson of faith and trust in God, especially how to apply it in these last days. We have looked at how the Lord divided the kingdom after the days of Solomon, and Israel was divided into the northern and the southern kingdom. The northern kingdom being under the control of King Jeroboam, that was the first king of the northern kingdom, and the first king of the southern kingdom was the son of Solomon called Rehoboam. Rehoboam, if you recall, had a mother called Nema, and he had a wife called Maka. Maka was the mother of this man called Asha. Both Rehoboam and Jeroboam departed from the Lord, and two of them, because they departed from the Lord, they were in continual warfare. Since the days of David, Israel had had relative peace. David did God's will, and Israel dwelt safely. David's days were days of peace, except for the trouble in his own home that brought about a civil war in Israel through Absalom. This was the same in the days of Solomon, there was peace. But towards the end of Solomon's reign, he went into idolatry and disaffected Israel. But the sin of Solomon had dealt a great blow to Israel. Through his sin, Israel was troubled constantly. They became divided and wars broke out continuously. And as we see, the kingdom became divided. And in 1 Kings 14 verse 30, because both kings were not following the Lord, it says that there was war between Rehoboam and Jeroboam all their days. Take note of that. There was war. Why was there war? It is because the two of them were not walking in righteousness. None prevailed over the other. Rehoboam did not prevail against Jeroboam and Jeroboam did not prevail against Rehoboam because they departed from the Lord. None of them knew peace and it was simply because they were living in disobedience to God. While Rehoboam brought Sodomites into the land of Judah, Jeroboam annoyed God by instituting another kind of worship which made Israel worship other gods. They both were laid to rest and died in their sins. But after Rehoboam's death, his son Abijam began to reign. It was through Abijam that the Lord discomfited Jeroboam like we saw yesterday to a, to a great degree the Lord brought down Jeroboam through Abijam. And I would like just to make give a mention to this king called Abijam. He reigned only two years, but let's just talk a bit about him. Not really about him, but there are things he said to Jeroboam before the fought the war that I want us to take note of. I don't want us to miss this lesson. In the book of Second Chronicles 13, verse 4, it says, And Abijam stood up upon Mount Zemaraim, which is in Mount Ephraim, and said, Hear me, thou Jeroboam, and all Israel, ought you not to know? that the Lord God of Israel gave the kingdom of Israel to David forever, 
even to him and to his sons by a covenant of salt? Yet Jeroboam the son of Nebat, the servant of Solomon, the son of David, is risen up and hath rebelled against his Lord, and they are gathered unto him vain men. This is what I want us to take note of now. Remember the sin of Jeroboam in turning away from God. Abijam, before fighting Jeroboam, listed it out to him. This is what you did that the Lord is offended with you and he's not with you. He said in verse 7, And they are gathered unto him, unto Jeroboam, vain men, that's useless men, debased people, vain men, the children of Belial, and have strengthened themselves against Rehoboam the son of Solomon, when Rehoboam was young and tender-hearted and could not withstand them. And now you think to withstand the kingdom of the Lord in the hand of the sons of David, and you be a great multitude. Remember I told you there were 800,000 of them. And there are with you golden calves, which Jeroboam made you for gods. Have you not cast out the priests of the Lord, the sons of Aaron and the Levites, and have made you priests after the manner of the nations of other lands, so that whosoever cometh to consecrate himself with a young bullock and seven rams, the same may be a priest of them that are no gods. But as for us, the Lord is our God, and we have not forsaken him. And the priests which minister unto the Lord are the sons of Aaron, and the Levites wait upon their business, and they burn unto the Lord every morning and every evening burnt sacrifices and sweet incense. The shewbread also set they in order upon the pure table, and the candlestick of gold with the lamps thereof to burn every evening. For we keep the charge of the Lord our God, but you have forsaken him. And behold, God himself is with us for our captain and his priest with sounding trumpets to cry alarm against you, O children of Israel. Fight ye not against the Lord God of your fathers, for you shall not prosper. Wow, these words that Abijam said were wonderful. Though Abijam died in evil, but I wonder how it was that he himself served God for a while. But he also served other gods and later he died. But focus now on what he said to Jeroboam. He pleaded with Jeroboam, don't fight us. We are with God. You are the one who has departed from God. The lesson constantly is this. When anybody departs from God, their defense is taken from them. If we, like Jeroboam, continue to depart from God, the Lord will remove his protection from us. And Abijam delineated what it was that was their defense. Their defense was not just in saying the Lord is with us, the Lord is with us. No. He listed out their righteousness that they practiced. He said, look, the Levites are with us. The priests are with us. We are worshiping God in Jerusalem, in his temple. The shoe bread is there. The altar of incense is there. The candlestick is there. We are doing what the word of God says. And because of that, I trust that the Lord is with us because we are practicing righteousness. But you are not practicing righteousness. Brothers and sisters, we will continue to repeat these lessons. Righteousness is peace. And Abijam trusts that as far as they were practicing righteousness, they were going to have peace so that when he went to war against Jeroboam, he was sure that he would defeat Jeroboam. We should learn the lesson of faith in God that when we have performed what the Lord has asked us to perform, we can be assured of his protection and of his guidance and of him giving us victory. It happens that after Abijam said these things to Jeroboam, Jeroboam did not listen. Jeroboam ambushed him and surrounded him and when he did that Abijam prayed and they went to fight Jeroboam and they discomfited him like we saw yesterday 500,000 men only 300,000 escaped and from then on Jeroboam was destroyed but as for Abijam 
he didn't follow the Lord wholly. 1 Kings 15 verse 2 and 3 says, Three years reigned Abijam in Jerusalem, and his mother's name was, do you remember? Maka, the daughter of Absalom. Do you remember her? She is the one that Rehoboam loved so much. Maka, the daughter of Absalom. That was the mother of Abijam. Going on concerning Abijam, verse 3 says, And he walked in all the sins of his father, which he had done before him. And his heart was not perfect with the Lord his God as the heart of David his father. So Abijam died after three years and the stage was set for Asher to reign as king. You see, Asher was a different person from all the kings before him. I mean, from Solomon, Jerubam, Rehoboam, Abijam, Asher was remarkable. He was different from all of them. While he saw his family worshipping other gods, Asher prepared his heart to follow God. In Asher's life, we find a life worthy of emulation and one in which we can learn many lessons of trust, faithfulness, and total transformation. Let us read about him. 2 Chronicles 14, reading from verse 1, says, So Abijah slept with his fathers and they buried him in the city of David. It says here, And Asher, his son, reigned in his stead. In his days, the land was quiet ten years. It says, And Asher did that which was good and right in the eyes of the Lord his God. For he took away the altars of the strange gods. Take note of his righteousness now. He took away the altars of the strange gods and the high places, and brake down the images, and cut down the groves, and commanded Judah to seek the Lord God of their fathers, and to do the law and the commandments. Also, he took away out of all the cities of Judah the high places and the images, and the kingdom was quiet before him. Amen. This kingdom had been in perpetual warfare since the days that Solomon departed from God. God raised three people to ride to, to fight against Solomon and to, to make him not to have peace. After that, Jeroboam and Rehoboam took over the kingdom, and the Bible records that they had continual warfare all their days. I think it was about 40 years, there about 41 years that Rehoboam, Jeroboam reigned. Through that time, he never knew peace. Through all the reign of Jeroboam, he never knew peace. But look at now, Asha has come in. Asha could trace from cause to effect and he knew the problem and he dealt with it. Not only did he take away the groves, but he did something which we as pastors and leaders should do today. Do you want your nation to be in peace? Do you want your church to be in peace? This is the secret. We have seen that Jehoshaphat did it. We will still look at Jehoshaphat in the future. But presently we are seeing Asha. Asha is by the way the father of Jehoshaphat. Asha did something. He realized the secret of right of peace. It was in calling the people to serve God and he commanded them. Follow the commandment of God. Do you teach the commandments of God in your church? Or do you go to church reading Psalms and telling people it shall be well, it shall be well, it shall be well? That's not how to have peace by telling people it shall be well. You have to lead them to the law of God. Command them to follow the commandments of the Lord. That is how you will have peace. What again did Asher do? 1 Kings 15 verse 12, it says, And he took away the Sodomites out of the land. Do you remember the Sodomites that came through Rehoboam and through Solomon? Asher took them away, and he removed all the idols that his fathers had made. Who are his fathers? That is, Abijam, Rehoboam, Solomon. He removed all the idols that they had made. You can wonder, this man that grew up under such apostasy, doing these things. Second Chronicles 14 verse 6 downward, to verse 8 says, And he built fenced cities in Judah, for the land had rest, and he had no war in those years. Why? 
because the Lord had given him rest. Therefore he said unto Judah, this is a king now, he said to the people under him, let us build these cities and make about them walls and towers, gates and bars, while the land is yet before us. Because we have sought the Lord our God, and he had given us rest on every side, so they built and prospered. And Asher had an army of men that bear targets and spears out of Judah, 300,000, and out of Benjamin that bear shields and drew bows, 204,000. All these were mighty men of valor. What was the secret to rest in the days of Asher? Israel was at rest because of their leader's obedience to God and his faithfulness in calling the people to serve God. It's not just he that was serving God, but he was urging it upon the people. Follow the commandments of God. Do the will of God. He knew that as a king, his office was an influence to call people to righteousness. Asher had properly studied the word of God to understand the secrets of peace. He knew that all that was taking place in Israel and in Judah was on the account of the sins of his father, his grandfather, and his brothers in Israel. All of them had departed from God and the prophets had clearly stated that because of this, they had no peace. This was what led Asher to call all Israel to put away all idols and serve God only. The results were remarkable. He had peace. The record is that the Lord gave him rest. Now, if you take note of what is happening here, we can liken it in Asher's life to our own lives. The time when the Lord gives us peace, where there is no persecution, what are we supposed to do in that time? Perhaps you have started to follow the Lord and you have peace. In that time, you should fortify yourself. Asha built walls. What is the building of the wall? It is the bringing into your life more and more principles of the word of God that will build a barrier between you and the enemy. That is what the walls represent. So for us, when we are following the Lord, we should remember to build walls of defense. How do you build it? By studying the word of God. He built towers. How do you bring those towers? By studying the word of God. In those towers is where people will stand to watch out for the enemy. So Asha studied the word. We are to study the word and build towers and build walls and build fenced cities fence cities of dress reform health reform sabbath reform social reform educational reform all of them are different cities and we should fence them up with the right principles doing the will of god how do you fence it up by studying the word of god what is god's will concerning my life in how I should relate with my brethren, in how I should relate with the opposite sex, in how I should worship, in how I should dress. You should build fence cities. What does that fence cities mean? That means study the word of God to the point where you cannot be penetrated by the enemy because the word of God has been raised up as a standard against the enemy for you because that is your fenced city. In every topic, Asha was building fence cities every principle every idea he was doing it in the way of god so in various aspects we should be strengthening ourselves there should not be any area in the word of god where we are weak that is the fence cities is in the matter of the commandments of god he studied it to the point where he could break it down very well is it in the matter of state of the dead hellfire the doctrines of the word of god he studied them so well and built the fence cities so that when the devil comes to tempt him he will not be able to penetrate 
this is what we should be doing when we have a time of peace not to be seeking amusement and pleasures if the lord has given you a time of peace in your life seek the lord during that time it is not when you are going to be in trouble that you start calling upon the lord during the time of peace as you are having money now as you are having very good results and you are prospering what should you do with what you have you should use what you have to build fence cities for yourself buy the books you need to buy they will not be available all the time download the sermons get the data to watch the right videos that will build you up in the most holy faith spend on evangelisms go for evangelisms build yourself up more and more in that way you are building fence cities for yourself the time of trouble will come soon and when that time comes because you used your life and your time and your resources wisely the Lord will be there to help you. Asher had a test of his faith. The Lord brought a test to him. Zerah of Ethiopia came against him. This was not because of his unfaithfulness, but God permitted it so that Asher's faith would increase. In the book of 2 Chronicles 14 verse 9 and 10, it says, And there came out against them Zerah the Ethiopian with an host of a thousand thousand and three hundred chariots and came unto Maresha. Then Asher went out against him, and they set the battle in array in the valley of Zephatha and Maresha. Conflict and Courage, page 203, paragraph 2, tells us the fate of Asher was put to a severe test. How did Asher do this thing? Now it's okay. It says, in the crisis, Asher did not tr- put his trust in the fenced cities of Judah that he had built, with the walls and towers, gates and bars, nor in the mighty men of valor in his carefully trained army. The king's trust was in Jehovah of hosts. Setting his forces in battle array, he sought the help of God. The opposing armies now stood face to face. It was a time of test and trial to those who served the Lord. Had every sin been confessed? Had the men of Judah full confidence in God's power to deliver? Such thoughts as these were in the minds of the leaders. From every human viewpoint, the vast host from Egypt would sweep everything before it. But in the time of peace, Asher had not been giving himself to amusement and pleasure. He had been preparing for an emergency. He had an army trained for conflict. He had endeavored to lead his people to make their peace with God. And now, although his forces were fewer in number than the enemy, his faith in the one whom had, he had made his trust did not weaken. So let's read what happened. Second Chronicles 14, reading from verse 11 says, And Asher cried unto the Lord his God and said, Lord, it is nothing with thee to help, whether with many or with them that have no power. Help us, O Lord our God, for we rest on thee, and in thy name we go against this multitude. O Lord, thou art our God, let not man prevail against thee. So the Lord smote the Ethiopians before Asha and before Judah, and the Ethiopians fled. And Asher and the people that were with him pursued them unto Gera, and the Ethiopians were overthrown, that they could not recover themselves, for they were destroyed before the Lord and before his hosts, and they carried away very much spoil. And they smote all the cities round about Gera, for the fear of the Lord came upon them, and they spoiled all the cities, for there was exceeding much spoil in them. They smote also the tents of cattle, and carried away sheep and camels in abundance, and returned to Jerusalem. Amen. Asher owed his victory to the days of his prosperity. During the time of peace, he strengthened himself not just with weapons but also in the Lord. Asher believed in God. 
He trusted that if Israel will follow after God and put away their strange gods, they will have peace and they did have peace. He knew that when a man's ways please the Lord, he maketh him to be at peace with his enemies or he gives him victory over those enemies. Asher sought to please God with all his might and he sought God and was found of him. God gave him victory because he was obedient. All the years from the days of Solomon, Judah had been in war after war. Asher believed that the cause of all this was the apostasy in Judah. He treated the matter from cause to effect. He laid the axe to the root and he uprooted the cause of Israel and Judah's distress. In stark contrast to this is the life of Rehoboam, who with golden shields could not overcome the Egyptians. Victory does not come when we are practicing things that are not in harmony with the law of God. Rehoboam was at least supporting or maybe even practicing sodomy and also worshipped other gods and yet was expecting to get victory over Egypt. This is just like us uniting with the world in its practices and yet expecting God to give us victory over our trials, temptations and to prosper us. Rehoboam was not prospered in iniquity. The conditions for God's protection today is as it was in the past. Joshua said, put away the strange gods. Samuel said, put away the strange gods from among you. David said, put away the strange gods. And Asha also said the same thing. And God is saying the same to us today. Put away the strange gods and worship God only. We cannot claim to be worshippers of God while engaging in practices that are separate that separate us from God. Asha realized this. He trusted God and God rewarded him for his faith. This is a lesson for us all. God gives us time of peace to use to strengthen ourselves in him and not for our gratification. In contrast to this war of Asha against the Ethiopians is the one of Rehoboam with Shishak. When Shishak came to fight Rehoboam, what did prophet Shemaiah tell him? 2 Chronicles 12 verse 5 Then came Shemaiah the prophet to Rehoboam and to the princes of Judah that were gathered together to Jerusalem because of Shishak and said unto them, Thus saith the Lord, You have forsaken me, and therefore have I also left you in the hand of Shishak. Verse 9 now says, So Shishak, king of Egypt, came against Jerusalem and took away the treasures of the house of the Lord and the treasures of the king's house, and he took all. He carried away also the shields of gold which Solomon had made. The shields of gold did not help Rehoboam. Asher did not have shields of gold, but the Lord gave him victory, even though he was fewer in number against his enemy. The lesson is for us today. We may be in a situation where all odds are against us in such a situation. If we put our trust in the Lord and if we have been putting our trust in the Lord, not using our lives for amusement and play and entering into things that are not in harmony with God, if we have been like Asha, repenting of our sins and, create, and having a total transformation in our lives, you know what the strange God are, gods are already, I always mention them. It is referring to any practice that is not in harmony with the will of God. When you are uniting the, with the world in their amusements, delighting in the pleasures of sin of the world, in the entertainment, in the movies and the music and the games, the sports, all of this is the strange gods. If we are uniting with the world in these things, we are like Rehoboam and we will not get the victory. But if we are reforming our lives, both in our dress, in our diet, in our entertainment, in our amusements and recreational practices, 
the Lord will be with us. And in a time of distress, we can pray to the Lord like Asha did. In a time of trouble, we can pray to the Lord like Asha did. In the hour of temptation, if we have done what we are supposed to do, when we pray to the Lord, He will give us strength and we will have the victory. As Asha succeeded where Rehoboam failed, what was the difference? The difference was about who they relied on, who they put their trust in. While Rehoboam brought Sodomites into the land and built so many altars and groves all over, Asha took them away. While Rehoboam trusted in golden shields and weapons of war, Asha trusted in God. Asha's obedience to God was his safety and it is the safety for us today. We have our own work to do. Asha did not relax in the time of peace. He fortified himself. Our fortification is in taking the whole armor of God. But yet we are to trust in God having done all we need to do. We are not to trust in the armor. We are not to trust in our study of the word of God and how much we know it. No. We should always pray. It will fail if we say, oh, I have studied this lesson before. I know this. I know that. In the hour of temptation, if you do not pray and put your trust in the Lord himself, it will still fail you. Our faith is to be in God's word and it is to be our confidence. This is how we gain victories. Now, after Asha defeated um, this Ethiopian called Zerah, something else happened. Second Chronicles 15 reading from verse 1 says, And the Spirit of God came upon Azariah the son of Oded, and he went out to meet Asha and said unto him, Hear ye me, Asha, and all Judah and Benjamin. The Lord is with you, while you be with him. And if you seek him, he will be found of you. But if you forsake him, he will forsake you. Now, for a long season, Israel had been without a true God and without a teaching priest and without law. But when they in their trouble did turn unto the Lord God of Israel and sought him, he was found of them. He's referring to the days of Samuel here where in the book of Judges they were without God. They didn't have any priest that was teaching them. But when in the days of Samuel they sought God, God delivered them. That's what Azariah is referring to here. I'll continue reading now. Second Chronicles 15 verse 4 where he said, But when they in their trouble did turn unto the Lord God of Israel and sought him, he was found of them. And in those times there was no peace to him that went out, nor to him that came in. But great vexations were upon all the inhabitants of the countries, and nation was destroyed of nation and city of city, for God did vex them with all adversity. Be ye strong therefore, and let not your hands be weak, for your work shall be rewarded. Amen. I want us to claim this for ourselves. I am claiming it for myself, that my work, your work will be rewarded. But there is a condition. Azariah said to him, that's to Asher, and he's saying to us today, the only way our work will be rewarded is if, we do, is if we do what the Lord said we should do. What was it that Azariah told him to do? That he should be strong and his hand should not be weak. In doing what? In following the Lord. And that is the only way that the Lord will reward our work. The Lord will reward your work and my work if we, like Asha, put away the strange gods and command both ourselves and our children and those under us to follow the commandments of God. Keep urging them. Follow the law of God. Follow the commandments of God. That is righteousness and that righteousness will bring peace to you. 
Now, when Azariah told Asher this, Asher was filled with greater zeal to follow the Lord. He entered into a greater reformation. Second Chronicles 15 verse 8, it says, And when Asher heard his words and the prophecy of Oded, the prophet, he took courage and put away the abominable idols out of all the land of Judah and Benjamin, and out of the cities which he had taken from Mount Ephraim, and renewed the altar of the Lord that was before the porch of the Lord. And he gathered all Judah and Benjamin and the strangers with them out of Ephraim and Manasseh and out of Simeon. For they fell to him out of Israel in abundance when they saw that the Lord his God was with him. So they gathered themselves together at Jerusalem in the third month in the fifteenth year of the reign of Asher. And they offered unto the Lord the same time of the spoil which they had brought, seven hundred oxen and seven thousand sheep. And they entered into a covenant to seek the Lord God of their fathers with all their heart and with all their soul. Amen that whosoever would not seek the Lord God of Israel should be put to death, whether small or great, whether man or woman. And they swear unto the Lord with a loud voice, and with shouting, and with trumpets, and with cornets. And all Judah rejoiced at the oath, for they had sworn with all their hearts, and sought him with their whole desire. And he was found of them, and the Lord gave them rest round about. Amen. You see the results of seeking the Lord. And when we say seeking the Lord, I need to be very clear and continually be clear. Seeking the Lord here means following the commandments of God. That's how simple it is. And that's what Solomon said, Ecclesiastes 12 verse 13. Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments. That is the whole duty of man. And that's what Asher did. He called all Israel, not just following the commandments of God. They made a covenant. Anybody that doesn't follow God's commandments, the person will be killed. Because we want peace in our land. Take away the wicked from the king and his throne shall be established. That's what the Bible says. And Asher went further, not just saying, I'll follow the Lord. He wasn't soft. He said, if we won't follow the Lord, please, you can leave my kingdom. And the Bible says that his kingdom, instead of reducing, it increased. Why? Because, you know, the other nine tribes that were in Jeroboam's side, of course, with Basha at this time or maybe the next king after Basha, they all, some of them, fell to King Asher. The people from Manasseh, people from the tribe of Simeon, and some from also the tribe of Ephraim, they came to Judah to dwell there. Why? Because they saw that the Lord was with Asher. Do you want to prosper? This is the, this is the formula for it. Simply follow the Lord and make sure that those around you are doing the same thing. Preach the word of God. Preach the commandments of God. Follow it yourself and urge others to follow it. Now, Asher didn't stop there. He did something remarkable. I've been mentioning that woman, Maka, Maka, the, 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 the wife of his father, Rehoboam. What did Asher do with her? In 2 Chronicles 15 verse 16, he says, And also concerning Maka, the mother of Asher, the king, he removed her from being queen because she had made an idol in a grove. And Asher cut down her idol and stamped it and burnt it at the brook Kidron. But the high places were not taken away out of Israel. Nevertheless, the heart of Asher was perfect all, he did, all his days. And he brought into the house of God the things that his father had dedicated and that he himself had dedicated, silver and gold and vessels. And there was no more war unto the five and thirtieth year of the reign of Asher. Amen. 
This is a formula to peace as we have been saying, the work of righteousness is peace and we see it in the life of King Asher. And one thing we should understand is that Asher had to contend with the greatest tie of relationship that exists, the tie between mother and son, mother and child. Asher didn't let that get in his way. Remember that we have read earlier that the mother is the one that has the greatest influence on the child. If the child has a mother that is not good, what did Asher do to her? He removed her from being queen of Israel and from being queen of his life. What does that mean? He did not allow her influence to affect him and to affect the rest of Israel. He removed her from being queen. We must understand that earthly ties, no matter how strong the relationship is, should not be a reason for us to continue in sin. Asha gives us this example. He did not allow his affection for his mother to influence him. He had already sworn with all Israel that anybody that doesn't follow the Lord will be cut off. And his mother went to build an idol, a grove to follow other gods. Under Asha's reign, Asha showed an example to the people that he is not going to allow himself to be swayed by the fact that it is his mother. He brought her down from being queen. He removed her from the position of influence so that she would not influence other people under his kingdom to follow after unrighteousness. He destroyed it even though it was his mother's own. What a worthy example. Do you know that he was honoring his mother when he did that? He was verily honoring his mother. When the Bible says honor your father and your mother, it is in the eyes of God, not in the eyes of men. He honored God and he honored them too by doing what he did. Because everybody will say, whose child is this? It is Marka's child. Though Marka was not a good person herself, but Asha brought honor to her by destroying all by uh, all the uh, all the groves and idols and shrines that were used to worship other gods. The lesson is for us today, brothers and sisters. When we follow God, the Lord will prosper us. Some people have this idea that in following the Lord, they will not prosper. That in keeping the commandments of God, it will make people to run away from them or something. But look at the life of Asher. It didn't make people run away from him. Instead, more people came to him when they saw that the Lord was prospering him. And through that influence, they were encouraged to also follow the Lord. They didn't come to him because there was peace in Israel alone, in Judah. They didn't just come to him because they saw that he was wealthy or he had money and all of that. No. They learned that, wow, it pays to follow the Lord. Look at Asher. He's not worshipping those cows that Jeroboam built. Neither did he follow the gods of his fathers, Rehoboam, Solomon, and Abijam. He didn't follow them. Instead, Asher followed the Lord fully. And they saw the results. It inspired faith in, his, in the observers. It inspired faith in Judah. And not in Judah alone, but in the tribe of Simeon, Manasseh, Ephraim. They were inspired with faith. Asher used his position of influence to show people, look at me. I am following the Lord and I am prospering. If you do the same thing as I am doing, you will also prosper. And that is what we should do today. We should use ourselves as examples to others and show them the pleasure and the goodness of following the Lord. I pray that we all will be good examples of the Lord in testing the Lord and putting him in putting the Lord to tests by following his law and getting the results of it that others may be inspired to do the same. May our influence be a server of life unto life and not of death unto death. May we follow righteousness that will bring quietness and peace to us and to those that surround us. One other thing we see in Asher's life is that when he got the spoil from that war, what did he do? He offered how many lambs did we see that he offered to the Lord? A lot of them. He kept on giving offerings to the Lord. He kept on blessing and supporting the work of God. As we read that he and the people, they 
he, he gathered he gathered all Judah and Benjamin and the Bible says in 2 Chronicles 15 verse 11 that they offered unto the Lord the same time of the spoil which they had brought 700 oxen and 7,000 sheep wow think about that let it count in your mind 7,000 sheep how much does that cost today 700 ox just think about that he offered to the Lord free blessing the work of the Lord and then the Bible also still says in chapter 15 verse 18 that he brought into the house of God the things that his father had dedicated and that he himself had dedicated silver and gold and vessels you see that Asher was not using his wealth to enrich himself he was using it to bless the work of the Lord and while doing that still following the commandments of the Lord and while he was blessing God what happened the Lord was blessing him more and more and more this is a lesson for us brothers and sisters I love the story of Asha so much because it, is, it inspires me to make a total transformation in my life. Asha made a total transformation in the, in the life of the children of Judah and in the nation as a whole. And he prospered. He did not leave any stone unturned. Even to the point that his own mother, he did not leave her and say you will continue to influence the people in this negativity that you are bringing into Israel. He went and touched that part too. He ensured that there was nothing that would surround him. That will bring the displeasure of God and I love it and I want to do it in my life and I wish that you all are inspired to bring about this kind of total transformation in your own life put away the strange gods and begin anew let us pray dear father in heaven please grant to us the inspiration to do what Asha did to put away the strange gods from our life we see the benefit of it righteousness brings about peace and quietness I pray that you inspire us to also have that spirit to offer the offerings that we have, our possessions to the Lord and not to enrich ourselves or depart from you because of the blessings that you've given to us. Help us, Lord, to fortify ourselves in the study of your word to grow in grace and knowledge of Christ Jesus our Lord. Please, Lord, do this for us and all those who are listening, Lord, inspire them with courage, with faith to see that it pays to follow the Lord and that their prosperity is in practicing the work of God in following your commandments. Do this and take the glory in Jesus' name of God. Amen.